strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Well, keep your head on a swivel here this evening. On the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Um, Always, Paulie. You know, it could be maybe there's a tight end, perhaps, who might sign on the line that is dotted, maybe a veteran running back. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is that nobody, and I mean nobody, puts more thought into and gets more enjoyment out of April Fools than our own Rob Wolfley. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you so, dirtbag. Just just keep your head on a swivel. Who knows what Wolf has in store on this April Fool's Day? Uh, it's not officially over yet, and we're hoping that Wolf uh, doesn't doesn't take advantage over the next hour uh, because we might be a little susceptible here, still socially distanced on Big Red Rage. All right, Bolly, listen, anyone who listens to Big Red Rage or has listened to Big Red Rage over the years, of course, you know, and they know, Polly, there is no way in the world I engage in the April Fool's. Yeah. April Fool's. Paul, did you know in England, though, it's very interesting. Did you know over in England? Paul, have you ever been to England, as a matter of fact? Have (laughs) you ever been over there, Paul? Yes. (laughs) Traveling the team. I spent an inordinate amount of time looking at the desk of Charles Dickens, put it that way, (laughs) with some guy who took about... 400-some photos of Charles Dickens' desk. You know what's interesting about it is the fact that over in England, they they actually play the prank on you, and then they point at you and say, April Fool, not April Fool's. (laughs) They make it personal over in England. April Fool! Instead of... Instead of plural or maybe possessive like we own it, no, it's strictly on you. You you are the right. April Fool ball. Right. Interesting. Fool. So I'd ask you right now for a Larry Fitzgerald update, but uh, that would be April <laughs> Fool's, and there'd be absolutely no. Wolf, I was thinking about this, though, and we got a big show. I mean, we're the original Thursday Night Football here on the Big Red Rage. Oh, yeah. And we have Frosty Rucker, who is going to be our guest. If you want some football IQ and just wisdom in life in general – you go to Frosty Rucker, the former Cardinals defensive lineman. Do you not? No doubt about it, Paulie. So there's that out there. But I was thinking about this when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe he's made his decision, yet hasn't made the announcement, and has no plans to make an announcement. Hmm. We all know Larry, if he's done, will fade into fade into black if you will you know like the end of sopranos or what happened okay yeah and you won't hear from him again uh you know we're all thinking maybe it'll be a tweet something you know maybe it'll be a player's tribune article i don't know what if he just decides 
that he's done and doesn't necessarily share it with anyone other than the decision makers in the Cardinals front office. Wow, Paul, that is really, really interesting. I did not even consider that. I've always thought that Larry was waiting, that he was waiting for something. I, I don't know what that something might be, but I don't see Larry being that conflicted guy. We've talked about this before, back and forth. Should I go? Should I stay? No, that's not Larry. He's waiting for something. And that something will make up his mind for him. That's what I believe. Well, they created a little more cap room, Wolf, which we'll get into next. Could it be just the business of football? Mm. Maybe it's a final offer, a final salary figure that he's been waiting on. What's plausible, feasible, doable? And after the Cardinals made some moves to get further under the cap, We'll get into that next. Maybe that because honestly, Wolf, that's just a theory. I truly think that he's going to play next year. I really do. We'll get into that next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. The ball is at the Patriot one. The quarterback Wilson is in the shotgun formation. Lynch will flank into his left. Two wide to the near side. One to the far. In the shotgun, there's the snap. It's built high. Quick throw. It's intercepted at the goal line. Intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is intercepted. Russell Wilson at the goal line. 20 seconds left. Butler does an unbelievable job getting inside, and I'm surprised that Russell Wilson threw it here. Butler read the play perfectly, went behind the pick, and ran right to where the slant was going to be thrown. Butler did it all right. That was Super Bowl 49 at State Farm Stadium, and he sealed that Super Bowl win for the New England Patriots, stealing it away from Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, who never got the football, and the Seattle Seahawks. Not only was that the end of the Seahawks' chances to repeat as Super Bowl champions, a lot of people think that was the end of the Seahawks' dynasty at that time and even malcolm butler himself this week called it one of the best plays in super bowl history it is the big red rage power presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford paul calvisi ron wolfley and the cardinals new cb1 top cornerback malcolm butler your reaction there wolf well first of all let me just say i think it's the greatest defensive play in super bowl history i really Mm. do when you go back and you break it down as well and just watch the way that malcolm butler read the play, and then broke on the ball and picked off Russell Wilson. I I have to tell you, Paulie, I think it's one of the most notorious plays, infamous plays, if you will, in Super Bowl history. And a lot of it speaks to the player that the Arizona Cardinals got. It's not just Malcolm Butler, a tough guy, a tough corner, but it's Malcolm Butler, the guy that understands the game. His knowledge of the game, Paulie, and his experience allows him to make plays that maybe his physical abilities no longer can abide. You know, he said he just had his, quote, best year at the age of 30. Interesting. When he made that play, he was a rookie out of West Alabama, an undrafted rookie out of a smaller school. So it's been quite a run for a two-time Pro Bowler and a guy coming off what he says was his best year ever, a guy who could have made $10 million plus if he had stayed with the Titans. They needed to make a salary cap decision. He became available. He's now an Arizona Cardinal, and he was asked about 2021. I most definitely think we can make a push. Guys get older and things like that, but if you're doing the right thing with your body, uh, you stay focused, you committed to the game, you committed to one goal, and that's just winning. You know what I mean? If everyone have that same mindset, 
that's what we're going to do. And I'll ball harder this year. You know, I, I was, what, had my best year at the age of 30. Age ain't nothing but a number over here. There you go, Malcolm yeah. Butler. By the way, he said he had dinner the night before with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, some of the assistants, and he said, and I quote Wolf, we talked about how if we want to win, this team has got to be led by the players and not always the coaches. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. We've got a winner, Polly. We've got a theme this offseason, don't we? Yes. Oh, it I is mean, so. Paul, can you see it? Polly, you're the sideline guy. I understand that. I'm the analyst. Of course, it's so easy for me to see. But, Polly, even you, the sideline guy, can you actually see <laughs> this, Paul? Even me. Can you, <laughs> Polly, can you see exactly what Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals have done this offseason? We saw it for ourselves in Week 16 with the playoffs on the line. Where was the energy and the intensity and the focus, and so uh, you just saw wild variations in performance last year, and and Steve Kime Wolf used the term self policing of the locker room, yes. and from afar it looks he br- like he brought in a lot of guys with that sort of DNA. Listen, Paulie, you know what I've been talking about, and you and I have been talking about this for a long time now. But since the season has ended, this team needed to get more physical, and it needed to create a culture. Maybe you want to call it more leadership, whatever it may be. Those two things. To me, I think you had to develop a culture in the offseason, and anytime you talk culture, you're talking leadership, and you need models. You need men to walk around and model that culture. But the physicality of this team, everybody they have signed, Paulie, everybody Steve Kime has brought in right now, it blows my mind how physical they are. J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green is a big wide receiver and a physical. Malcolm Butler is a cornerback in his physical. Paulie, you can go down the list. Every one of these guys, alpha males, even Matt Prater, the kicker, is over 200 pounds as a kicker. It is an alpha male, a guy that's been around a long time. Everybody they brought in fits the mold of being physical, Polly. And then also, these are leaders. All right, let me ask you real quick about a guy they signed who might end up being the most important acquisition in the offseason. And we're talking about the backup quarterback, the new guy in town. <laughs> Tuesday night, they agreed to terms with Colt McCoy. Your reaction? The gritty <laughs> Colt <laughs> McCoy right here. Paulie, I, I, it is, it's part of the transformation this offseason. I wonder what it portends in terms of the offense, Paulie. I do. I, I'm sorry. Is the offense going to be more under center? Are they going to take Kyler Murray and stick him under center and run some more traditional plays like the tackle zone? to either side and the play action plays that come off that tackle zone. You see the Green Bay Packers doing it all the time. You saw you saw the the Rams do it all last year. It's their entire offense. The Seattle Seahawks even incorporated. I wonder if the Cardinals are going to do that and if they are going to incorporate more traditional elements, more traditional schemes into their offense. I think that's a perfect fit for McCoy. He, he played in four games last year, had a couple of starts, uh, and and I think that when the Cardinals did all that study going into their game against the Giants, remember, Daniel Jones was 50-50, and so they studied both quarterbacks. I'm guessing they liked what they saw in film when they were getting a glance and game planning for the potential of Colt McCoy getting the start. 
So there you go. He figures to be the backup. What does that mean about uh, Strebler, right? Chris Strebler, we'll talk about that. And we're going to hear from Frosty Rucker coming up. And next we'll talk about the safeties and what that defensive backfield looks like on the Big Red Rage. Flacco out of the gun, rolling to his right, the moving pocket. Flacco gets hammered from behind. Sean Williams knocks it free. The ball is loose. Both teams trying to pounce on it. Cincinnati's got it. A safety blitz from Sean Williams, and Flacco got mauled. Sean Williams was shot out of a cannon. Roethlisberger throws over the middle, intercepted by Sean Williams. Running to the 50, down the far sideline to the 40, on his feet at the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! How about that? Sean Williams intercepting Ben Roethlisberger and sprinting 59 yards to put the Bengals on the scoreboard first. Bengals radio all fired up right there. Previously, we heard Westwood one little montage there. Sean Williams, the Cardinals brand new safety. Another guy, 30 years of age, brings the experience. He has the knowledge of Vance Joseph's system. He goes way back to his Bengals days with the Cardinals defensive coordinator. That was key in him signing in the line that is dotted. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Frosty Rucker still on deck in this edition, the former Cardinals defensive lineman. But, Wolf, give me your give me your thoughts right now on where the Cardinals stand in the secondary. We talked about Malcolm Butler, and now Sean Williams has some depth at safety. Yeah, Polly. you know, obviously with the corner situation being with it is right now. I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing with Malcolm Butler on one side and then Robert Alford. You know how I feel about Robert Alford. Hopefully he's going to stay healthy somehow, some way. They got a great deal on Robert Alford, brought him back on a one-year deal, and now all of a sudden if he can stay healthy, you've got two really good corners on the outside, corners that I like. And then Obviously, Byron Murphy lining up in the slot, Polly. So I like the corner position, but man, the safety depth right now is drastically improved on this team because Jalen Thompson, of course, and Buda Baker should be your starters out there. And I really, really hope that Jalen Thompson somehow, some way, Polly, is going to stay healthy because if he stays healthy, he's going to continue to grow. But when you look at the depth, that Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals have put behind these two starting safeties. It speaks to the disaster that was last year. Remember, all the safeties that were dropping ball last year and could not play. I mean, that Carolina game, which was the Cardinals' worst defensive performance by far, in my opinion, just the eyeball test. I don't care what the numbers say. Remember, you were missing Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson in that game. And that hurt. I mean, those guys are so dynamic. They're, they, they account for being such the pulse of the defense in so many ways, but they're not the biggest guys. And if they're prone to injury, you need that depth at safety. And in Sean Williams, yes. you're talking about a guy who two years ago, 114 tackles in a pick. In 2018, he had 110 tackles and five interceptions. Last year, relegated to a backup role. So what does he have left? You know, he's playing at the almighty age of 30, so uh, we'll see if the Cardinals find out. But, Wolf, you tell me, Vance Joseph loves to use multiple safeties in yes. a lot of his schemes, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Paul. He really is. And then you've got tweeners like Zeke, right? Zeke Turner. Yep. You've got tweeners that are out there right now. Sean Williams, Chris Banjo, Charles Washington. Think of the depth right now. Listen, Charles Washington, flat-out ball on special teams. 
He, and when given the opportunity, he's played very, very well. Chris Banjo is another guy that is just going to go out there and ball. I look at the safety depth, and there's no doubt you're right on it, Paulie. Vance Joseph likes to use a lot of the safeties. But you know what? You also need those guys to be your, your special teams players and some of your best special teams players, and that's exactly what they've done. Do you think the Cardinals need to sign another veteran corner? between now and the draft. And I bring that up because Quentin Dunbar reportedly is going to visit the Arizona Cardinals in the near future. Played last year with Seattle, was plagued by a knee injury from day one, really. He had a knee injury in camp in August, never got past it. He only played in six games. And so, you know, his rating, the passer rating he gave up when targeted, 111. Not good. But the year before when he was playing for Washington and had a career year, the passer rating he gave up when targeted, 61.2. And he's a 6-2 corner. And I tell you, from field level, the dude is imposing Quentin Dunbar. Yeah, you've seen a lot of Quentin Dunbar right there. Polly, I, I, I would say you can never have enough corners. You can never have enough veteran corners that can get you out of a game. And I think Quentin Dunbar, I think the Cardinals have answered your question. If, in fact, they are going to host him, if that report is accurate and they're going to bring him in, they think they need to sign a veteran corner. But... I don't think it's going to have any influence on who they're going to take at 16 because if there is a corner, one of the top three corners that are there, I think they're going to go with a corner. That's just my gut feeling. Yeah, and I think if that is still their desire, Wolf, that they don't want it to be too much of a need going into round one. Right. They they don't want it to be a tell, correct? Yep, absolutely. You're risking teams trading in front of you. So if you sign yet another corner, not only for depth, but maybe it throws people off the scent of what direction you might go at number 16 overall. Right. We don't have to do it. You think we have to take a corner? We don't have to take a corner. Just watch us. All right, Frosty Rucker coming up in this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Throws over the middle, batted down. Frosty Rucker got a piece of the football with a right paw. Oh, man, Clausen tried to hand it off, and he got tackled by Frosty Rucker as he dropped back. Look at the veteran attack, the A-gap. How about that for some get-off? Handed off to Hyde off the right side, and he is spun down in the backfield. Frosty Rucker was there first for Arizona. Handed off to Cunningham off the right side, and he is ripped down at the 18 by Rucker. Wow, Frosty Rucker. Frosty, such a wily veteran. Kaepernick takes the shotgun snap. Short set. Steps up and sacked by Frosty Rucker. And Rucker such an underrated player. They wouldn't be where they are defensively without that guy. Yeah, that's a double ding. Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Talking about a guy who I still remember, Wolf. He And I verified this. It was a Cardinals Chronicles episode, a video biography of sorts. And he wrote a little essay, Frosty Rucker, and he said when he was done, he wanted to know that he was uh, trusted and respected by his teammates. And he knew that he left it all out on that field during an NFL career that lasted five years with the Cardinals, well more than a decade in the league. Do you think Frosty Rucker checked those boxes, Rob? There's no doubt about it, Paulie. Frosty Rucker, wherever he goes, he gets the well-met handshake from people he played against. And it is all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, our special guests, former Cardinals defensive lineman Frosty Rucker, joining us from the East Coast, oh, no yeah. less, staying up a little later. Frosty, how are we doing? 
I'm good, man, and thanks for the kind words, man. That means a lot. Frosty, one of my favorites, buddy. Just the consummate pro, man. Thank you so much for coming on the air tonight. We appreciate it, buddy. No, absolutely. I missed you guys. What's going on? You guys in Ahwatukee? Where you at? (laughs) You know, we're still socially distanced, okay? So we're remote locations. We loved having you in person. Oh, man, that seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? We're up there on stage. You know, there's Frosty Rucker, and we're chopping it up and visiting. Frosty, I've got to ask you this, though. One career interception. I'm trying to remember. You didn't get that as a Cardinal. Tell us about that one interception. Well, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday. So um, I was playing for Cincinnati, and we were playing versus Pittsburgh Steelers, and Big Ben uh, tried to throw the ball. He tried to throw a dart at someone over the middle and then actually hit off the guy's helmet. (laughs) And uh, it found its way into my big mitts, and I rumbled and stumbled 26 yards. And I was caught by the running back, so it wasn't Big Ben. It wasn't Big Ben. I was caught by the running back. That's important, Frosty. It, it was very important, and, and he had a nice angle on me, so you know <laughs> everything played a factor into why I didn't score. But I made a big play for my team, and I was pumped up. That's now, awesome. Were you a former tight end or anything in your younger days? You know, Did you play any of those skill positions? I was a running back, actually. Mm. Yeah, See, I was pretty good, too. That doesn't surprise like me, Wolf. Play. Because if you're in the NFL, you have size and you can move. Yes. So that, that doesn't surprise. By the way, Frosty, your USC team, oh, was just Gonzaga <laughs> away from making the Final Four. You know, but, but heck of a season nonetheless. Oh, my God. The, the, those guys played their tails off. Gonzaga just, I mean, they look like they can compete in the league right now the way they move and uh, cut to the ball and defend and make points. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go undefeated through this whole uh, season. Frosty, when you look at defensive football in the National Football League, I know you've been out a couple of seasons right now, but when you look at defensive football in the NFL, what what is the first thing you think of? What attribute do you absolutely have to have in order to be a good defense in today's NFL? you got to be able to run, and you got to be able to defend the pass. Um, I think uh, the way the league has continued to shift, uh, it's a more offensive league, and people are going, you know, over the top. And your defenders on the back and have to be not only smart, but they got to be able to cover guys. So, I think uh, that that's the element that you just have to have. You have to have defenders. You know, you played a couple of years with Chandler Jones, and the Cardinals had to go without Chandler Jones for most of last season. Uh, your thoughts on his return from the torn bicep, and, and what sort of loss do you think that was for the Cardinals' defense, and what will it mean to get 55 back this year? I mean, 55 Superman. Um, that's one of the things that uh, I've been really happy to see how he continued to blossom year in, year out, and it was very unfortunate to uh, him getting an injury last year because uh, I know what he means to that whole organization, the type of player he is. Uh, he's dependable up until last year. You know, he played the majority of the games. I don't think he even missed a game. Uh, just a special guy, uh, game changer. He's, uh, you know, definitely a 99 on Madden. So uh, getting him back in the fold, getting him comfortable, uh, knowing that it's his position, he's not fighting for anything, but to, you know, get back on the field. Challenge is going to do great things, and uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this defense just explode.
Yeah, having said that, Frosty, right there, the Cardinals go out and get J.J. Watt. Tell me what you think of J.J. Watt and how he's going to fit on this defense. And then tell me how you see J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones meshing. Well, I think it's just it's going to be a battle. How do you block those guys one-on-one, especially if they line up on the same side? Uh, I know, you know, Brinson Buckner, the way uh, Coach Buck, as you, uh, Burgang out there, I love to call him Coach Buck, uh, I know the way he coaches and, you know, the way he can drop a blitz or drop a front. And it, you have those two guys on one side, uh, you know, that frees up Marcus Golden on the other side. But, again, we're talking about J.J. J.J. brings such a dynamic of uh, just brute power, strength, quickness, uh, everything you want out of a, a lineman. And you can line him up anywhere. And it, it's going to be the ultimate mismatch because I don't think uh, J.J.'s played next to a guy with Chandler's caliber mm-hmm. Well, look, notice has been served in the NFC West. In fact, George Kittle, the Niners All-Pro tight end, was on the Kyle Brandt podcast, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt, and the question was about what the Niners are going to face now in that Cardinals twosome, and here's George Kittle. J.J. Watt, new to the NFC West. How are you going to block that guy this year? You may have to block that guy. I cut block. <laughs> There's techniques. Welcome to the NFC. <laughs> Is this is this now real football coming over from the AFC? Like, is that the way it works? I mean, this is going to get plastered, but they, like the NFC West is the toughest division in my opinion. The Cardinals, they look pretty good on offense. You can't lie there. And then you got JJ. I mean, Chandler Jones, I still think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That dude's an absolute monster. You guys try to block him. He has go-go gadget extender arms. That's really annoying. <laughs> so we're all looking forward to that. But what we've also seen in the offseason is the acquisition, honestly, Frosty, of a lot of guys who had your sort of leadership and your ability to command respect in the locker room. That's the sort of player they have targeted this offseason. I'm curious, in your opinion, how big a deal is that, that, that element on a team? Well, you know, when you get veteran leadership uh, that can come into a roster and, and it's not really shaking things up, it's just a presence, you know. It's the way people go about their work and, you know, it means something. And that's no knock at anyone that was there in the position before. But certain guys command that. Uh, that they got that aura around them. And you guys have picked up a lot of players that command that respect. Uh, they're proven guys around the league that have played deep into playoffs. Uh, they've won Pro Bowls, Super Bowls. Uh, you guys got guys that are at their position the very best that do it. And um, and that comes with a lot of, like we said, we keep saying leadership. That comes with a lot of responsibility, and they're dependable guys. And this Cardinals team has just been uh, pieced up beautifully. You know, I believe the Arizona Cardinals needed to do two things this offseason. Number one, they needed to get more physical. And I would say, in particular, Frosty, Mm. they needed to get more physical on the line of scrimmage. Now, Steve Keim says they need to just get more physical. doesn't matter where Mm. they are. Even Malcolm Butler is a very physical corner for the most part. He just wanted to improve the physicality of the team from top to, to bottom. But for me... Specifically, I wanted to see them get more physical on the line of scrimmage and develop a culture. So let me ask you, what what does culture mean to you, and do you think it's important that a team has a culture? Absolutely. I think the culture is just setting the precedent of uh, how this is going to go and what this work is going to look like and how we're going to dominate and everyone being accountable. And when you get a guy like Rodney Hudson to come in and, you know, I don't think Rodney's missed a snap 
playing. Maybe he did last year. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think he's ever missed a slap, snap in the NFL. And you know, probably regarded as the best center out there. And you know, to have that guy on that offensive line uh, with, mixed with DJ and uh, you, you got Malcolm Butler, a guy that's you know won a Super Bowl, won, made the play in the Super Bowl, a guy that's proven, like you said, that's tough as nails and really will compete for the ball on the defensive side of the ball. You bring in A.J. Green that, you know, might be the comeback player of the year if, if he can get enough touches, you know, because there's only one football. Uh, right. You, you guys have a heck of a team here, and, I, and I'm very uh, pumped and sitting here watching this. Uh, the way the season went last year and how it dived off at the end. Yeah. But if, if they have that extra gear, you got that challenge, you got that JJ that can make a play. You got Marcus back that can make a huge play for you. Uh, and then you have the GOAT, Larry. I know he's yeah. you know, where he is, but, you, you know, he's always – you know, a phone call away, I'm sure, from Mike Bidwell. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't know what's going to happen with, with Larry, but I have to ask you, Frosty, again, have you, because you, you mentioned accountability, and accountability, I think, is so huge in a part of culture that there is accountability. But that means you've got to have dudes in that locker room that are willing to hold themselves to a standard they're not going to hold anybody else to, but also are willing to walk up on somebody and say, dude, what are you doing? Have you ever walked up on somebody in your career as a guy that yeah. was trying to keep somebody else accountable? Yeah, I'm sure I have. And, and it, you know, a leader is not always liked, right? You've yes. you got to do the tough job. You know, you're, you're the one that has to make sure everything never gets comfortable around there. And people are always on that edge, always have that one more gear to, you know, finish your sprints and finish the drill and do this and that. And it, and it starts setting a precedent of how the work will be done and that, like we, we keep saying, it's the accountability of that. You know, so guys go to work knowing, all right, I'm going to put my cell phone away. All right, I'm going to take some uh, better notes than I did last year because last year's notes weren't good enough, obviously. You know, uh, it, it's the energy that's going to be coming into that, that team, the people that want to win. You know, and um, it always feels good to be wanted. And I know all these guys you guys got in free agency, they know they feel that they're wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a couple and of guys, did. and you might have caught a couple of names of Frosty Drop that he has firsthand knowledge of. We're going to get into that next. He's a yes. former teammate of a couple of big names the Cardinals acquired in the offseason. We'll get into that. I, I want to ask Wolf Frosty what he misses the most and what he misses the least about life in the NFL. And then. You, you mentioned Coach Buck. There's a legendary story, if we have time. i got to get you to tell it to us again about a coach and his own game film. We'll get into all that next. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert with our special guest, former Cardinals defensive lineman, Frosty Rucker. Back right after this on the Big Red Rage. Takes the snap, fakes a handoff, rolls right. Lots of time. Got him. Deep down got the field. Him. AJ Green is open. He's got oh, it on the line. Oh, 40. Yeah. Running down the field to the 30. Nobody's going to catch AJ Green as the Bengals Woo. go 82 yards. The longest catch of Adriel <laughs> Jeremiah Green's spectacular NFL career. There you go. A career catch for AJ Green, who has the distinction of sharing a locker room 
with our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Frosty Rucker, former Bengal, five years with the Cardinals, joining us here. And let's just get right back into it, Frosty. You tell us about A.J. Green. Obviously, at his peak, he was one of the best in the NFL. How much do you think he has left is a question all the Cardinals fans are asking themselves. Well, I think A.J. Green has a lot left. I think his time was just up in Cincinnati playing on turf, uh, practicing on turf and, you know, sub-zero temperatures in December and things like that. I think uh, it was his time to break loose of that. He's spent his whole career there. Like you said, he's been a Pro Bowl player, top of the game, a guy that can really go up and get the ball, great teammate, never hear anything bad about him. Uh, It's his time, you know, and and it looks like uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the receiver group is just getting stronger. And this, like I said, if A.J. gets enough footballs this year, he may just be comeback player of the year. And I'm thinking as well, Frosty, that here is a guy that is on a one-year contract. It's kind of a prove-it contract, and he's leaving and playing with another franchise for the first time in his career, talking about a decade here. That, to me, I I think that is going to be good for A.J. Green. Do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's going to be a great thing, you know, and it, a lot of guys don't make it that long to get a tenure with a team like this. You know, he was on some sort of type of path like Larry was, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to leave after a decade of ball, one city, uh, you know, he only endured one coaching change at the head coach position. Uh, this is a, this is an exciting time for AJ. I'm sure a one year, it's a prove it deal, but you know, sometimes that's all you need. You just need a fresh start and coming here again. The only issue is going to be how many, how many times he can get the ball, because I'm sure, you know, playing on grass, practicing on grass is only going to do it good with the, you know, the type of injuries he had had. Well, after the Cardinals, uh, Frosty Rucker went to the Raiders, and that means you were teammates with Rodney Hudson, the Cardinals' <laughs> new center. Now, how often did you guys ever match up in practice? Because I can talk about how he's given up 10 sacks in 10 years, which is a mind-blowing stat, but you tell us what sort of player he is. You're in the trenches. Yeah, he's a great player. Very smart, um, durable, like you said. You know, he doesn't give up a lot of plays, and I think he's going to – be a great addition for K2. He got the very best in the league. Uh, Ronnie practices every day. I don't want to jinx him with that because, <laughs> you know, I don't, want to say, I don't want to say that. Sorry, Rod. But um, <laughs> when I was there in my tenure with the Raiders, he practiced every day. Uh, I did get to go against him because myself, I was uh, also I was a starter, but I was working on scout team. You know how, how I get down when I play football. It's whatever it takes. So I was helping him lending the hand on scout team. So, you know, obviously from playing versus him in games, live games, to, you know, watching him work his craft and, you know, going get some in pass rush drills and whatnot, he's the real deal. And, um, again, he's a, the, the perfect fit to go on this offense that can, you know, essentially cover K2's his passing lanes. It's right in front of him. You know what's amazing about it as well, Frosty, but every team that I was on, 
the relationship between the quarterback and the center is really something special, right? I mean, it just, it is. You see the center and the quarterback talking an awful lot. I think that Rodney Hudson is going to have a mentorship role, if you will, with Kyler Murray as well and help him in his career, help him develop as a leader. I'm really jacked up about it because I hear great things about Rodney Hudson in terms of not only knowing the game, but also being willing to help others. Yeah, I mean, he's seen it all. He's proven to be the best center in the game, and he can only drop knowledge. You know, he's not a very talkative guy. He's not, you know, an overly loud person. But, you know, he commands the respect, and that's what it is. He's, you know, a a soft-spoken giant on the football field. And Mm -hmm. I don't personally know K2, um, but, you know, who doesn't benefit from extra leadership around you? Who doesn't benefit from extra, you know, Pro Bowl experience around you? Um, and, I mean, it should be a match made in heaven. So you host a podcast, the L.A. Football Network podcast, via the Believe Podcast Network. And so you focus on the L.A. football scene. And obviously right now, at least according to Vegas, the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC West after picking up Matthew Stafford. So you tell us. What sort of impact do you think Stafford makes on that Rams team? I think it's a huge uh, impact, just the type of player he is, um, the way he can make any throw and stand there in the pocket and, you know, get out of there when he needs to. He's experienced, and I think this is another opportunity for someone to get out of a situation where he never badmouthed the plays. He just showed up every single day, and he just didn't win the games. And we can all sit here and contest that it really wasn't Matt Stafford's uh, reason why they weren't winning games. It was everything around him. So uh, I think it's a fresh start for him. Again, another guy I don't personally know just played Burson, but he does make Sean McVay's offense go at this point. You know, I think they were losing a little, well, obviously a lot of faith in uh, the gentleman they did have there. Even though they took him with the first overall selection, it was just time to go. And they made a decision, and now uh, I know the city of L.A. is very excited about it. And hopefully, if you know they they get some money in the cap issue, they can still make some pieces to that place. But um, that's the tough one for them now. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Right there, they also added Deshaun Jackson. What do you think? What do you expect of Deshaun? Does he still have the wiry speed? Does he still have the ability to go out and make some big plays? Well, hopefully, we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, right. That's one thing I'll say. You know, That's the I'm great thing about football, that. right, Frosty? You're going to yeah. go out and prove yeah. it. You're absolutely right. We're going to see. You know, and um, uh, I'm a big Deshaun Jackson fan. Uh, obviously, if you watch the game, he's one of those dynamic players that just takes the roof off the, the defense. He, you know, he's always a home run uh, away. And him being able to come home uh, to be back in L.A. around his family and friends, you know, that brings a huge element to it. And then um, having the opportunity with, you know, to get in a relationship with Matt Stafford. They, they both got fresh starts. So who knows? So, Frosty Rucker, what do you miss the most and miss the least about life in the NFL? <laughs> the game days. I miss that a lot. I miss uh, competing at a high level. I don't have just one answer. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, because it's a real question for, you know, an ex-pro athlete. Yes. Uh being around the guys every day, uh, you know, taking on that that uh, leadership role and uh, being a dependable guy that they can come to in the locker room and talk to about football stuff, life stuff, anything. 
just accepting that role. I miss that that big brother uh, type of being that big brother type of figure. And um, I don't miss practice. Or the meetings, I'm going to guess. And and that's my lead-in. Coach Buck, you mentioned him. <laughs> Brenson Buckner, the Cardinals defensive line coach, and a good friend of yours. I still remember this. It was the dog days. I don't know what season it was. The guys needed to pick me up. And he put on some film in the meeting room for the D-line. <laughs> and and he, let's see if you remember the story. Uh, because it was film, not of any of you, but of someone else in that room. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. Coach Buck, is, let, me, let me start by saying he by far is my favorite coach that I've had that has co- <laughs> coached me in my position. Uh, I, I've learned so much from him uh, about the game of football, not just D-line stuff, but the back end of it. He, he's phenomenal, and, you know, he, he will be one of these next great D coordinators, and uh, I'm sure this is going to happen soon enough. But, uh, yeah, I do remember those dog days, and we weren't doing too good. And, you know, Coach Buck has always had a unique way of getting his point across. So to get his point across, he had to show his videotape of himself uh, doing what he was telling us to do. And I think I think he was really getting on Rodney, for um, to be honest. He was probably getting on Rodney to, to do some of the things that Rodney just couldn't figure out. And – you know, it's always good to be able to go back to your own tape and say, hey, I did it. That's right. Everyone's like, what? I remember guys saying, they're trying to go, well, who is this on the film? And it ended up, it was Coach Buck himself, and he was so showing good. his own highlight reel. So, you know what, Paul? You didn't ask me what I missed the most. I noticed that right there. So, let me just tell you acting like an unmitigated savage in between the white lines, <laughs> and nobody cared. Nobody cared. That was the great thing about it. And what I miss so the least, I would have to say, cardio. <laughs> well, we definitely miss Frosty Rucker. So thank you for the time tonight, Frosty. It was great to connect, and thanks for the knowledge. Paul, hopefully it's always a good time to talk to you guys. I miss you guys. Bird Gang, I miss you guys. I think you guys have put a great team together and cheer these uh, these Cardinals on. I think they'll do great things this year. Love and respect, go. Frosty. Yep, Frosty Rucker will come back, wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage right after this. Oh, hey there. Hi there. Oh, hey. How you doing, Abe? Pretty, oh, hey, pretty far south. I don't know if it's going to snow today, oh, but... Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. We're in the States, huh? Oh, I brought my toboggan just in case. Oh, my goodness. Look at the weather here. It's beautiful, eh? You see Jimmy G's chin line? Holy cow. Oh, that is goodness. pretty. The guy's got such a chin line. He's got a bunch <laughs> in it. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. God. That is one of a kind. What a man he is, huh? It's George Kittle and Joe Staley back in the day for the 49ers when he was mic'd up by NFL Films. George Kittle never disappoints when he's mic'd up. And at that point, you know how it works, Wolf, right? That's how it works in the world of the locker rooms. The uh, right, the handsome Jimmy G, hearing it from a couple of his Ripped teammates. all yeah. day long for being handsome, Paul, yes. <laughs> uh, so, the Niners, um, guess what? Apparently, they don't like the cut of Jimmy G's jib anymore because <laughs> they have moved up to number three in return for the number 12 pick. This year, a first and a third. Next year, a first in 2023. The Cardinals are the only team with a first-round pick in this year's draft, by the way. Well, the Niners did move up, but it's why they moved up. I mean, Wolf, if Zach Wilson is going number two, did the Niners just give up all of that 
all those assets to get Trey Lance or you know Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Yeah, you know what, Polly? I, I don't know what to say about this. I really don't. But it's definitely being talked about with not only the San Francisco 49ers, but league-wide, I would say, in regard to what quarterback would you possibly be moving up there? And they must feel really, really good about somebody not named Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're not going to move up to number three and give up what they gave up and take a defensive tackle. They're going to take a quarterback. It's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. We all know that's going to go number one overall. So they must really feel good about a couple of quarterbacks knowing somebody's going to be there at number three. The, The question I have is what kind of impact does this have on Jimmy G? Because, uh, Paulie, I don't see him doing well when you're drafting his replacement and bringing him in and then saying, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to stick with you, Jimmy G. That's what we're going to do. I don't see that going well for Jimmy G. I still think and believe the 49ers going to try to get rid of him and dump him at some point. Totally agree. I just, you know, Especially when you get rid of him, you get those cap savings, and the dead cap hit is less than $4 million. Yes. It makes financial sense to part ways with jimmy g i just do they think that the jets are going to stick with sam darnold and not trade out of that spot so they might have a shot at zach wilson because you better be content with the other quarterbacks not named trevor lawrence or zach wilson because you're picking number three not number two right i'm just trying to understand that but either way it looks like there's going to be another interesting quarterback right dynamic qb in the nfc west under center for the niners but i will say this i hope the niners do proceed with this plan seriously because i don't think it's going to go over well with jimmy g and because of that i think his play will suffer and they'll go with a rookie quarterback at some point in time which you would think is going to deplete their win column if you know what i mean yep well special thanks to frosty rucker who among other things said about his former teammate aj green quote if he gets enough targets he might be the nfl comeback player of the year so that resonated no doubt special thanks jim omohundro cody fincher for ron wolfley on paul calvisi this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club